0: D K Manny Manny
1: Scoop B radio You know what's official if Barry Bond say it, yo the best in the business That's word Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word Scoop. He give you the business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he some of the biggest interviews he gave you to fix on iTunes, the number one podcast, the joy and the journalist, the goats, so why ask? Watch out. If watch he talking about it, if he naming them, scoopv.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pen game is a gift, got the gift to gab If he say this gospel, it's as simple as that Now pay attention and you can see the way it's going up of this talking This is Scoop B Radio You're listening to Scoop B Radio Get on his Instagram now at Follow Scoop him B. At Scoop B Follow him Yes, sir Welcome to another edition of Scoop B Radio I am Brandon Robinson, follow me on Twitter at Scoop B Follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B Snapchat, Scoop underscore B, and make sure that you subscribe to Scoop B Radio on all platforms. iTunes, search and subscribe Scoop B Radio, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBradio.com. Scoop Radio is the only place where you find never-released interviews from me, Brandon Scoop B Robinson. And just a program, you note: know, those Scoop B Radio is sponsored by Wooter. Use the promo code Snoop, that's S-N-O-O-P. And you could get some real savings on your first purchase via the Wooter app as well as Wooter Clothing. Today's feature on Scoopy Radio is Daryl Armstrong, formerly the NBA Sixth Man of the Year, a teammate, a former teammate of Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, and Penny Hardaway. And he's currently an assistant coach with the Dallas Mavericks. So enough out of me, DJ Manny I'll cue the tape and five, four, three, two, one. It's squilly, y'all.
2: Lay some treats on us.
1: So I was telling you off here, um, that I remember as a kid interviewing you, uh, back when I did my show with the Nets a long time ago. We won't tell you we won't tell your age, hey, we won't make you we won't make you feel young, but I remember when we were talking and you told me that you liked Fred Hammond. Do you still listen to Fred Hammond? Yeah,
2: I still listen to Fred Hammond. but I listen to so much of the, you know, different music, but different gospel as well. Um, you know, Marvin Sapp has become very popular. Uh, Hezekiah Walker still, John P. Key. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm all over the board when it comes to my gospel, but Fred Hammond is definitely still one of my my favorites.
1: No commission, no take six.
2: No, no, not 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 take six. That's more uh, temporary to me. Right. And, oh, but I'm uh, I'm also a, a big Kirk Frank Kirk Franklin as well in the family. You know, you with know, Pamela Man and you know all all his old past. Albums, I still love those and and listen to those as well.
1: That'll work. So your breakout year uh, was during the ninety nine two thousand season. You averaged sixteen point two points per game. Why were you so free that year? What 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 got you hopping? Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, after been in the league for three years and still waiting. Mm-hmm for the opportunity and your your chance, Uh, putting in so much work, you know, to, you know, not only be a better player and where you shoot the basketball, but also getting stronger in the weight room to, you know, help me to be quicker and faster and stronger. And, you know, all those things adds up into you know, basically one. And when you get confidence um, from, from practice and, the big time and you get confidence from the game when you you finally see that that body of work that you have been putting in translating to games and you're knocking down shots and you're making plays whereas where it's defensively or making a play for someone else or as I was saying knocking down big shots, it becomes more it becomes more confident. you become more confident in yourself you become believing in. All the work that you have put in, you're now starting to see it, and you see it in games. It, it just it just makes your confidence goes up even higher, and that's and that's I think that's what basically what happened. I mean, you know, um, that's how me getting to the NBA, all those things. What I just said, that's how I built up to the NBA with you know building confidence and and all the 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 work I put in. Um, it just you know you always got to apply when you get into games and and that's what I've done, and it gave me confidence every step of the way and every step of a different level of basketball and to the nBA it just it just kept growing and growing and then when i got got that opportunity, I just took advantage of it.
1: Now, you went under your in 91. Um, you, reading your bio, you know, it makes me feel a little older. Only in this instance, I go back to, uh, you know, I fell in love with basketball in 91, obviously, when the Bulls won their first championship with Michael. And, um, I remember, you know, the CBA days, the Idaho Stampede, the Rockford Lightning, the, you know, those were the days of, you know, Earl Blankens and Damon Jones kind of running things. But you took it, you know, a little further. You, you played were the Atlanta Eagles um, and the USBL. What was mm-hmm. the USBL like? Who, who, What kind of players did you see playing back then that maybe made it to the NBA?
2: Well, I mean, we yeah. had so many different teams and different players in that um, league um, and also ex, X-ball players as coaches, X-NBA players as coaches with John Lucas with his mm-hmm. team as the rehab team, um, you know, with the Roy Tarpley playing and Chris Washburn playing, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, Richard Dumas. Um, so I mean, you I mean you, when you have a team like that, and um, all ex, basically ex NBA players, and, and you know, that's when Richard Dumas was wasn't wasn't, wasn't even with. Phoenix Suns at that time because he was going through the rehab situation, but right after that he joined them and you know you see what kind of career he had got to the got to the championship with Phoenix as well. So, but um, you know Lord Daniels, you know, who, Long Allen, I mean you 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 getting guys who had names. Um, you get you playing against guys who could play the game and you know Charlie Ward even. Played in, in the league after I had went through it, and, um, so I mean, it, it it was it was great. I mean, we even with our Atlanta team, uh, we had our coach was Al Outlaw who put, uh, put like five or six guys in the NBA, not just me off that team off our team, uh, from Fred Benson to uh, Harold Ellis, mm. on uh, and Harold Ellis was our first guy off our team to go to the NBA, and I was in Cypress Creek, and I will never forget seeing him play uh, his first game. I think it was in Boston, and he had a breakout game that day. I think he had like thirty something, right? And uh, so, you know, that that even gave me more confidence in him. You know, being you know being and getting the opportunity to you know get a, get a ten day and play on that level so I mean it was it was it was great talent it was great talent in that in that USBL and and like I said we had probably the best opportunity because we had Marty Blake Mm -hmm. from Atlanta Georgia who you know if he said you could play you could play and he used to come watch us play a lot so um, it was it was um, it was a great uh, a great lead for me and it was a big lead for me and for a lot of other guys because it gave me the opportunity for the first time to go in any NBA summer camp which was the Atlanta Hawks uh, right. when they Rodney Moreau and um, you know Stacey Alvin all those guys and so um, you know and me going through that for the first time I, I didn't know we we had to make the team as well to go to summer league and um, so you know then I, my next two or three years I went with Orlando in summer league so from the USBL, so I mean, it gave me a, a great opportunity. Um, you know, not only planning against some of the best talent to probably some of the best pickup games in the USBL with all the ex NBA players and all the high high profile players coming out of college. You know, trying to get the opportunity to, you know, get a look to go into the NBA summer camps. Um, so I mean, for me, that was that was that was big. That was big and. You know, I always looked at it as a challenge because now I'm playing against guys who I never played, never had the opportunity to play against guys when I was in college. You know, I always seen them play on TV, the Division ones, you know, and you know the Laura Daniels and you know UNLV and you know uh, I was Division Two black college, so mm-hmm. you know, getting the opportunity to play against them that was a great challenge for me. And uh, a, a great opportunity to show my 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 talent and you know show my showcase that I can I can play on this level I can play on any level and that's what I did.
1: And you're kind of humble. You said you played in Cyprus, but you kicked butt in Cyprus, man. You averaged thirty two points and eight assists. Or if, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, don't sue me. But Peza Roicos of Cyprus. Did I say it right?
2: Um, I don't, I don't get me to lie. Um, <laughs> I haven't said it in so long. I, I just yeah. know we was on Lonica. We was in Lonica, Greece. Okay. On, uh, you know, that's where you fly into. That's the island you fly into. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, and, and I had the opportunity to play with not even knowing them because I wasn't a really basketball fan. I only played one year in high school. Right. I didn't play my first two years of college. Um, so I really wasn't a basketball. I was more of a football player, you know, especially coming up. And you know, when I got to Cypress Green, not even knowing who was um, the, the coach over there. The head coach was, um, you know, there's only been three guys in the history of college basketball that averaged forty points, and he was one of them. And I didn't even know that until I got over there. One of my, wow, one of my. Teammates who told me when the other the other American told me say and he had the car and I he said, did you know Johnny Newman? Uh, and they just did a SEC special on him last week or week before. Um, which, you know, he averaged 40.3 at Ole Miss with no three point line. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know, when I learned that, I'm like, OK. Well, that got my attention right away. where well, I know what he knows, what he's doing. And he also played with the Lakers um, as well. So, um, you know, I was fortunate to have not only him, but an American coach who was coaching in a foreign country um, to coach me over there. And he he really helped me out big time because he, he put the ball in my hand. And, you know, with the team that I was on, in the league I was in, they never took smaller guards. You know, they always took guards that were 6'4 and up, not no 5'11 and under. Sure. Know? So, you know, when I came over there, no one expected me to do what I did. Um, the expectations from, you know, uh, the fans over there that they were looking for bigger and taller, you know, stronger Americans uh when they when they was picking players and what I did when I came over there was just uh, it was amazing. We also won out uh, one of the rounds in the cup game against an Israeli team, a, a higher level team that had five uh American basically on their team, you know, a couple of those guys that turned their citizenship into uh Israeli and then um you know we ended up beating them and and I had thirty eight and thirty seven points. And mm-hmm. two games against them, and so uh, you know, like I said, you know, playing under Johnny Newman really gave me a lot of confidence. And he really, you know, trusted me and put the ball in my hand, and and it just made a big name. I mean, you know, was, you know, it was a lower level of basketball, but it still was a good good level of basketball because I ended up tripping my money the next year, going to Spain and playing in the ACB, which is the top level league, probably one of the best league over there, in in Europe and um, which you had Oscar Smith who's uh, you know the, the scoring sensation from Brazil mm-hmm. who also played in the Olympics and um, you know we had Abita Sabonis in the league at that mm. time uh, we had Michael Curry in the league at that time which at the end of the year I got the call to come and play in the NBA and sign with Orlando Magic and never look back to going back to Europe and I was with their Magic for the next nine years but you know what a you know what a journey for me, but like I said, I for me I was fortunate to have two American coaches when I was over there in, in Europe.
1: You said Arvita Sabonis' name. I remember he, when he came into the league, him just being old as hell, but he had so much European experience. It kind of reminds me of Frigioni, who played for the Knicks and the Rockets, where you know he came in the league a little older, but you know you had so much seasoning. Um, as, as a, as in your youth, what was Arvinus Venus Sabonis like back then? Was he the same player he was in the NBA? I mean, what, what was his game like?
2: Well, he was same player, uh, you know, he was older at that time, you know, he was older, he was bigger, tall, I mean, you know, still tall, but had skills. I mean, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I was just still remembering him wearing two knee braces, you know, at that time when he played in Spain and, um, but he was still dominant. I mean, knew how to pass. I mean, we was playing a zone one time and, you know, usually you put the, the big man down below. Well, they put him at the, the free throw line and between me and one of my other smaller guards and all they did was throw it to him. And he was either shoot the jumper right there or he was passing and making plays right there. So he had the skill set and skill level to, you know I mean, do still unbelievable things. Uh, and then, you know, the next year after I had left the season because Abedus made the final four which is the European Championship that year and uh, they was one of the teams to make it but uh, after he finished there he came him and Michael Curry came to the NBA and played in the NBA for the rest of their career so I mean you know Abedus was I, I never got a chance to see him play in the Olympics and I heard he was so good when he was younger playing against our, our American and our team and things like that and you know so uh, you know not knowing at the time you know I, 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 not knowing I'm playing probably against one of the best big men that ever played the game over in Europe um, one of the best scores with Oscar Smith who who got into the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago uh, so I mean I'm you know, I'm playing against guys who who has big names, and I, and I'm, I don't know it at the time, but, you know, right. as, as time go on, you learn it, and I appreciate it, because, I mean, I didn't know how well of these, how, be, uh, how great of these guys was uh, when they was over there, and, and then to see uh you know, Sabina come to the NBA the next year, I'm like, wow, I just played against him. So, he you know, didn't hear the talk about him. It was, it was crazy, and then you know, we have an all-star game over there. We play against, I'm playing against Sugar Ray Robinson, who was one of the NBA greatest players, uh, where, you know, which he had, you know, the addiction with drugs and things. It was knocking career down a little bit, but it was amazing to play against him over there. He was 42, still could play and still was doing, you know, amazing things. So, you know, I've been fortunate to play against some of the best guys, um, in the world and, and you know, in in situation where if it was Europe or the USDL, I was fortunate and prepared me for the NBA.
1: We're on the phone with Daryl Armstrong, retiring NBA vet, current uh, assistant coach uh with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh won a championship in the two thousand ten, two thousand eleven NBA season. Now you mentioned that you went to a division one, uh, Fayetteville State, my my mom was and my dad went to Morgan State, so I understand the HBCU culture. Um, you were the CIA, CIAA slam dunk champion in 1990, dude. What were the CIAA tournaments like back then? Everybody wants to go for the party scene now. You know, you go to All Star, Weekend, dude, We got to go to CIAA. Da da da. What was the culture like then versus now? Well, first of all, we we
2: Division Two, uh, Fayetteville State. We Division Two black college. Uh, okay. A, a, but um, it, you know, as a player, I didn't really know what the, the the party was, you know, like. But I just know it was it was fun. Even when we lost, we stayed the rest mm-hmm. of the week. Um, so whatever party we found, we found. We were still college college students, you know, mm-hmm. still broke, you know, <laughs> still broke, but you know, still out on the scene. But. Um, when I was there we had all our teams you know we had the North Carolina Central we had the Hampton Norfolk State um, you know we had all our schools there and you know those schools have now moved on to Division One. Mm-hmm. and um, so you know but the, the, the tournament was so it's amazing it was always you know sold out you started at um, 11 o'clock in the morning 9 o'clock 11 o'clock in the morning the first First round of the tournament, and you know you, you're playing. So I mean, you know, it was always exciting because you know I I, I never knew how it was going to be my first time, and when and then when I went through it and had the opportunity to to go through it and see it, and oh man, I was like amazed because I mean when Thursday, Friday, and Saturday comes, it, it's, it's 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 packed. It's mm-hmm. everybody there. Mr. C-I-A-A, you know, he's a guy where he's dressed. They gave him a, a a locker room to change clothes, and every hour, here he comes. <laughs> different suits on, different colors on. I mean, it, it it was just amazing to me. And that's why I say I, uh, I tell guys this is probably one of the two or three biggest tournaments in the world, you know, um, when I was playing because of, um, you know, because of, you know, the tradition of so many people knowing and, and, and so many athletes who from the Charles Oakley to Earl of Which Pearl remote, you. Mm-hmm. to, you know, Rick Mahorn. And, you know, now it was, it was, you know, even Stephen A played for Winston-Salem State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, Ben Wallace and myself uh, you know so it was it was it was amazing uh, you know with the athletes and then with with the fans and you know um, I always love to hear the black national anthem you know whenever they sung it and they would um, play that at the
1: games lift every voice I, and sing
2: I, I, sometimes they they use it for the national anthem and I was I remember I remember um I'll never forget this game. Hampton was playing Virginia Union. AJ English was one of the top players in that league, in our conference that that, that year. He could, you know, he could he could play, he could ball. Uh, so I remember they beat him on two free throws, with nobody on the floor, no time on the clock, and Hampton beat him. And and I mean, the, the whole arena went crazy, and somebody picked up the mic and started singing the Black Bastard anthem. Yeah, brought tears to my eyes. It was just amazing. I mean, that's that's one thing I, I always take from that CIWA, just that unity, the the love, and you know the things that we you know we 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 need in this world today. But I just I mean I just I mean I love it. I, I would if I had to do it all over again. I'm a, I'm a big North Carolina Tar Heel fan, and I love them since I was a little kid. But if I had a chance to go to Carolina and you know go back to my Black College. I'm going back to my Black College. I'm going back to Philadelphia. I do it the same way I did it, cause I mean it was just amazing to me the the, 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 the games and you know you know the, the fans and students. I mean, I, man, it was it was something special and, and uh, you know. So I mean, I I always cherish that moment and cherish that time to see out the way because it's, it's just it's a different, unique conference. That, you know, a lot of people, if you don't go and you haven't seen it, when you do go, you're going to be blown away because you're going to be like, wow, I didn't know y'all did it like this. You know, we do it better than the Black College Division one we'll tournament when it comes to our conference tournaments. Because, you know, we do it in one spot and one spot only. I and mean, I've been to some of these. You know, the swag or the MEAC, I'm not for sure which one it was. They did it here in Garleton and I was just so disappointed that mm-hmm. the fan base, they didn't have any. No one really showed up, you know, for those games. And, I mean, you know, one thing we do need is, you know, from from our black colleges, we need our support from all our black college folks. And, and I was just disappointed that I, for a Division One conference that nobody really showed up championship night, it was just dead. Couldn't believe
1: that. You played three seasons at Fayetteville State uh, under Jeff Capel, father of Jeff Capel the third. Uh, Jeff Capel the third is the assistant coach at Duke University. Uh, you averaged 16.4 points, uh, 3.6 rebounds, and 4.7 assists, and somewhere in between playing at Fayetteville State and playing overseas, you find your way to the Orlando Magic, where you suited up for three games. Of um, the regular season, the ninety four ninety five championship team. So that means you played with Penny and Shaq.
2: I didn't get the chance to really play with Shaq, but I played with Penny, and because Shaq had left and you know went to um, the Lakers, L A. Yeah, my, my after my second year, but um, yeah, I did play with, with Penny, and it was just amazing to play with him and you know, the, the things that he could do with that basketball and and his you know, how he approached the games and you know, it just it, it was it was fun playing with him. It was just amazing to see a six nine guy like that, you know, take over games at the point guard position. So he knew how to play.
1: Was Penny more when you watch the current NBA, uh now, how much do you think Penny Hardaway I think Penny changed the game Scotty changed the game Jalen Rose changed the game and even another teammate of yours Brent Hill changed the game being a big guard that contributed dribble the ball do you think that how much do you think Penny Hardaway influenced today's NBA
2: um, big time I mean he came in you know no one's seen a, like a fan besides Magic a guard like Penny and Penny probably could score way better than Magic sure you know you know so um, you know that's why I was saying and for him to you know do the things he could do and he was more slimmer and skinnier than magic um but he he knew he knew how to play it, and um so for for Penny, a lot of guys you know that you hear today that you know remember Justin Anderson or I mean some of the other guys who, who I've been coaching with I always say man Penny was my man or T Mac was my guy. You know, those guys are slim and, and uh but could play but Penny Penny influenced a lot of young young athletes that we see today. Uh, um, from them watching him play and you know they they really didn't know how good he could how good he was and how good he could have been if these injuries that he had uh didn't stop his career.
1: How special of a player was Tracy McGrady?
2: Tracy was very special. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to wear that jersey, uh, the Ma- Magic jersey, alongside him, with him and Penny. You know, I'm fortunate to you know be their teammates because I mean, you are every night you got a chance to see some type of greatness, uh, some type of unbelievable scoring from both of them, and but you know, with T Mac, uh, a lot of people don't don't know or didn't and wouldn't know that you know T Mac was a defensive player when he left uh, left Toronto. Scoop, you know, and he got the opportunity that one playoff game when when they played New York and Vince was being covered so much by by. um all the guys on New York that T-Mac started to get off and people started seeing T-Mac talent during the playoff that year. And that's when we, that's when we went and got him. And, you know, that's when, uh, he came to the, to the magic that next year. And, and what he done from there was just amazing, um, uh, because that's what he was supposed to be doing when he got to Toronto, but it didn't happen like that for his first two years. And then, um. People start seeing, okay, this is what they was talking about, and he he put in the work, he put in the, and, and, he, and, and, and he dedicated himself, you know, every day when he got in, in, into game that he was going to be one of the top players in, in the league, and, and he did it. I mean, it was fun to see him and Kobe Bryant go at each other, and Michael Jordan go at each other, and uh, you know, I was just amazed by, you know, the things that he could do, but you know, he was he was something special.
1: What were those matches like when, when, uh, Matt, when Tracy and, uh, Michael, Michael was on the Wizards at the time. For you sitting on the bench and watching or being on the court and watching, what, 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 what did you think of those matches between the two? Of um, I, I thought it was, I
2: thought there was, you know, vintage. I thought there was things that people, they can play today and say, wow, you know, T Mac had had it like that. I mean, even with Penny, and, and I, I've seen Penny, uh, him and Jordan going at it. I mean, you 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 cherish those those games. You cherish those matchups that they that you know that man. These boys was, was special, man. I mean, you know, everybody always, you know, everybody always look at, uh, you know, the LeBron, the Kevin Durant, and and things like right now, but. Man, they don't know the 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 special matchups from T Mac and Kobe or you know, uh T Mac and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan versus Kobe, you know, and it, it just keep going on down the line. So those games you always you always love to see. Even the I mean another guy was people I don't know he got a lot of credit with Jamal Mashburn. I mean mm-hmm. he had he had games, you know, so you know, it was it was always fun. I mean, back then, and they let you play basketball back then. It wasn't the touch fouls. It was, you know, physical. If you could, if you could score on guys back then, you could play.
1: How happy were you that Tracy McGrady made the Hall of Fame?
2: Very happy for him. Um, Very happy for him, especially knowing the route he came. Um, You can't do nothing but be happy for a guy like that. You know, you know, um, seeing him get the opportunity finally to shine and, you know, do great things with the team that, you know, Orlando Magic, we needed some more superstars because we lost Shaq, we lost Penny. Um, we picked up Grant and we picked up him, but not not having a, a healthy Grant and not test Grant. About a, three weeks ago, and tell him because I still have some of the old footage and stuff like that, and um, you know, seeing if he was healthy, how 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 well and how good we could have been, and especially with T Mac coming on and and you know making making a name for himself, which Grant's already had a name for himself. Um, man, it could have been it could have been unbelievable with those two. Uh, if Grant was healthy, but, uh, so, I mean, you know, you know, could have, but I mean, we still, we still had a chance to see T-Mac, you know, grow and shine.
1: I, I was going to say, you sure you're not looking at my questions? You, 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 you were two questions ahead of me. I was going to actually ask, if he had been healthy, if Brent Hill had been healthy, how good would the Orlando Magic have
2: been? I mean, we would have been good. Like I was telling you, man, I, 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 somebody I don't know how I got this DVD, but I I, um, I had I had a lot of the game footage where they you know they they showed the game and and I oh man we was Mike even Mike Miller was on the team at the time we was ripping and running and I mean it was and then you know but you know when you lose someone that's pretty special to your team. It, you know, it puts more pressure on everybody else. And, um, but, you know, Grant Hill knew the game. Grant Hill mm-hmm. see, sees the game. It was just amazing for my first time, really. Because I like to see guys four or five times before I judge, judge them. You know, you, it's easy to judge people off of one game. They can have a bad game or they can have a good game. Sure. But, you know, I had a chance to see them every day. And I was like, man, this boy know the game. And so, forth. For us not to have him, it, it was a bummer because I knew he could play. He could. He 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 loves to play. He loves to compete, and it was just tough.
1: I remember I was in high school, and it was my freshman year in high school, and I watched Grant Hill when he got hurt in that in that playoff game, and then he ended up signing with you guys in the off season. And one of the things that was kind of reassuring to me. Um, going into my sophomore year of high school was uh, the fact that they were starting. They, they was gonna. They were going to start Grant Hill at point, move you to the two, and Tracy was gonna play the three. Am I correct? Which well, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I don't know because I, I know one year. I'm not for sure. One year. I um, my last year, matter of fact, I came off the bench, but Job Bon was starting because you know Doc yep. was trying to save me from. But I but. Yeah, and it and it could have been that, you know, we were going to use what do you call it at the, um, at the point. I wouldn't have doubt it. I mean, because, I mean, Grant Grant could run it. And then, I mean, with, with a lineup like that, cause at, at, I don't think a lot of people realize, especially late in games with fourth quarter, especially when T-Mac was playing, I used to play the two guards on defense against a the Allen Houstons and the Charles, I mean, um, the Trails Wells, I mean, I, uh, Eddie Eddie Jones. I used to play those guys just to give T-Max some reds and let me battle them and chase them and, you know, so I, I wouldn't have doubted that Grant would have ran the, 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 the point and I could have ran as a shooting guard because I could shoot the basketball and then, I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off me bringing the ball up the floor all the time, but uh, it would have been, oh yeah, it would have been fun. It would have been great. Uh, but once again, I will <laughs> never get to see it. Um, but I, I, I really think Grant would have been a special point for, as he did in Detroit, like, you know, when he was mm-hmm. in Detroit,
1: I feel like that Orlando Magic team was so futuristic. I remember when I started playing NBA 2K on the Sega Dreamcast. You know, you guys were on that team. And I started playing at Grant at the one, you at the two, Mac at the three. Um, and I think, shoot, Mike Miller maybe was playing the four, the four. I feel like that was one of the inceptions of small ball. I feel like that Orlando Magic team and that Toronto Raptors team that had, you know, McGrady and, and Doug Christie and all those other guys on that team – how far ahead of your time do you think that that the Orlando Magic Magic was at that time, where they were actually playing um, that that style of basketball with a big point guard, and then you know using you with the two and McGrady at the Do you think that that was is that the way basketball is played now? Yeah, I mean that's how
2: a lot of teams play now. I mean, I know when I played with Dallas Mavericks, we played it a lot. Uh, Avery would play, especially if we got behind. I was older at that time, thirty five, thirty six, but Avery knew. I could pressure the basketball, push the basketball, and he can play me and Jet Terry together. Um with Josh Howard, uh Dirk at five and Keith Van Horn at four or even Stackhouse at, at two. Uh I mean we we could we could go with so many lineups. That's here in Dallas, that's how we always played it. I know even with Rick Carlisle sometimes he played it in the past when he played small lineups here in Dallas. You know, J.J., Jet, Kid, all get on the floor. You know, so, um, you know, small ball is always fun, it's always difficult because especially if you get guys that can play defense, you know, because uh, offensively to me it's easy. But if you get guys that can play defense and, you know, cause some habit with the defense, um, it makes the offense e- easy because then all of a sudden, it become uh, almost like a track race. Um, you know, uh you are getting stops and here we go. Uh we're going back and forth and you get shooters like a Jason Terry and uh just taking Jason Terry Jet um Jet Terry and um J and, and J Kidd it's a lot of it's a lot of J's in there Um <laughs> like J <Joe but> <laughs> like, And Jay Kidd is the three man on in that lineup. Right, and Jett is two, and JJ is two. But at any given time, it doesn't matter. Whoever they match up, they are just gonna play because they all can play defense, and they and, and they and, and that's that's what makes it more difficult because now it's a cross match when the other team is coming when we when we coming back on offense. Now the other team got to match up real fast, and you got a guy like. Yeah, Terry who can shoot the basketball, JJ Barela who can get in the lane or who can shoot the basketball. I mean, it becomes difficult, uh, and then you got a five man guard and Dirt and Whiskey. Um, so I mean, the, the matchup is, is just sometimes it's crazy. But since I've been in Dallas as a player and a coach, a lot of times that's what we usually play, it, and man, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and you're on the west west. Uh, you're in the west where basketball is basically already up and down and, and it be, it becomes uh who's the better better team, who's the better defensive team or um uh, because you gotta be able to stop guys running.
1: I talked about the Orlando Magic team. One thing um that was lost in the source for some people knew, well, many people knew, but it kinda it never happened. The probability of Tim Duncan becoming a member of the Orlando Magic, the best squad that you guys had. How close was he to becoming an Orlando Magic? I'm sorry, say that again, Scoop. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying one of the things that gets lost in translation is the fact that in addition to that Tracy McGrady, uh, you, and Grant Hill, and Mike Miller uh, team, there was a, prob- a possibility that Tim Duncan would have come on to that team. Um, how close was he to becoming a member of the Atlanta Magic back then?
2: 0.0. 0. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, that, that wasn't going nowhere. I mean, I mean, where Tim played at and finished at, that's what Tim was going to be. He wasn't going nowhere. I mean, we all love to, you know, you, you love to entertain and, you know, you know, see who's going to be out there. You know, I he wasn't, I don't, I don't even believe he even thought about leaving uh, San Antonio, especially after he already had won some championships. hmm Um, so I mean he wasn't, no nah, he wasn't going away. I, I didn't, I didn't, – sometimes you know you 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 call the guys, you know uh, when um, free agents start, you call them and talk to guys and you know if they wanted me to call I I'm sitting in there like I, I'm not, don't y'all shouldn't even call this guy. This guy is not leaving. <laughs>
1: You talked about the Dallas Mavericks, man. You've been part of some history. Uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks, they went to two championships in 2006. I'm in college at this point. You guys are playing the Miami heat, um, in the NBA finals. Um, what happened from your perspective, uh, when you guys dropped that series, was it that they were more hungrier? Was it that you guys were more comfortable? What was it?
2: Well, 2006, um, when we lost it, uh, I just, I mean, we had, um, I don't know if people will re- re- really, really remember. You might not even remember this scoop. Before we really took off that season and started playing well, we added, we added, um, Adrian Griffin. hmm Before we got Adrian Griffin, we had, and Avery was, the, you know, Avery was the coach at the time. We had, um, Doug Christie.
1: Yep.
2: So, um. Doug ended up leaving the team. We ended up getting Adrian Griffin um, about 10 to 15 games, I'm not for sure, into the season. And then when we got him, Avery put him in the starting lineup. And he was like – he was one of our dirty guys. He was our dirty work. Knew how to play, did all the dirty work. And that's when we really started taking off. We really became a good team. Uh, And – but, you know, when – when the Radio. finals came he wasn't healthy he had uh i think it was his hamstring or groin but he had pulled it and um he was well, he just wasn't the same player he couldn't move like he was he wanted to and i thought that i thought that really bothered us i thought that really <laughs> affected us uh, with what he, he he always brought to the table especially with that first unit and um so, you know, even when we played them here the first two games, you know, we won the first two games, but they was like ugly wins. They wasn't nothing mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. good wins like a blowout, you know, like the, right. like the, the Warriors the first two games when they mm-hmm. blew out. You know, we won like uh, it's it's a grind. It's a grind, you know, and then um you know, I wasn't I wasn't too sure how well we was gonna play down there, but I thought we would not lose three in a row. Uh, I, I thought we would, you know, maintain and hang in there. But you know, for us, Adrian Griffin to me was 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 big for us. Um, and not to have him healthy, it was a killer, you know. And then Dwayne Wade took advantage of all the the new rules with the, you know, you can't hand check, you can't do this and. I mean, you shoot, he shoots 24 free throws in one game and go 22 for 24. You got 22 points off the free throw line. That's amazing in a finals game. That's <laughs> still amazing to me. And uh, so, you know, but, you know, you give him credit. He took advantage of the rules. And, and uh, we just couldn't respond back. Um, you know, in game five, we played a great game, a close game, game three. That's the one that really probably killed us because we up thirteen with six minutes and thirty nine or thirty eight seconds to go. And um after that we never was the same team. We ended up losing that league in the fourth quarter, up thirteen and with like I say, six six thirty eight to go. We never was the same team. Uh, they came back, won that game, won the next game and and when we played game four, we were still we was <laughs> when we played game four, we were still in game three. Uh, we, right, you know, we, you know what I'm saying. We still was a little messed up from losing that game. Uh, we we didn't move on as we were supposed to, but uh, you know, but give give Miami credit. I mean, they pulled and called all the right right streams and and and, and um, you know they they ended up getting the bigger I mean, They didn't have a they didn't have a bad team. They, they had some guys who you know made big plays for them, made big shots for them. You know they had an Antoine Walker, they had um, White nice. Chocolate, uh, Jason Williams. They they had um, Gary Payton and Gary. You know we 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 rolled the dice and double team um, Shaq late in the game in Miami and Gary ended up hitting a big three mm-hmm. uh, in that game. So I mean you know they had talent just as much as talent we had, but you know they just made all the plays and all the right and and, they made all the right moves and and they ended up getting that championship.
1: I'm fascinated by guys that were on that bench back then uh, under Davey Johnson. You guys, I kind of feel like uh, Coach Johnson kind of invented that player-coach role. You had guys like you uh, and Jerry Stackhouse uh, that were like pseudo-coaches and players on the floor. How much did being in that Dallas system early on uh, around staff, around Coach Johnson prepare you for the phase that you're in now as, a, as an assistant coach with the Dallas Mavericks?
2: Well, I mean, for me, not knowing, um, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to, I mean, when I got in this league, I didn't know I was going to be a leader. Uh, it just happened to grow up on me um, because at the point guard position, you you can't be a quiet point guard in, in the NBA. You can't play quiet. You have to be vocal. You And vocal can be, you know, you ain't got to be yelling, but you have to give directions. You have to put guys in the right spot, talk to guys. And, you know, that's right there. That started my leadership role when I was in Orlando, learning how to, you know, run the point guard in the NBA. Uh, I was learning how to do those things, not knowing I was programming myself to be a leader. And so, you know, I I never forget, um, you know, I had coaches told me to make sure you keep your, your, your stuff, all your, you know, your plays and things because you're gonna be a coach one day, you know, and um, so for me, you know, I um, heard. I remember Byron Scott telling me that before I got before I got traded to Dallas. So mm. for me, you know, I, not knowing that that it, that was going to be my my niche after I finished, you know, playing as, as a player. Because I I really didn't look at part of being a, a NBA coach. Um, I just looked at you know. I made it, you know. I'm still making it. I'm still doing my thing in the NBA as uh and now, not knowing, I can say, uh, I'm assistant coach, and I get a chance to work with guys, you know, from from college to whatever overseas, it's, and it's fun and it's exciting to me. I mean, because you know, you you still teaching even when these guys get to this level. The teaching never stops because sure. you know they sometimes they don't get the the proper. Coaching and from where it's high school to college, you know, you, you, one thing you learn about coaching is you you continue to you continue to keep coaching them and, and continue to you know making make, making guys better. Um, so uh, I, I love it, and then I'm not going to tell you. No, so I, you know, for me, I don't care about being a head coach. I, I don't care. I love coming in the gym every day and and being able to help. And motivate players and motivate these guys because you know it, it's fun when you see guys trust and grow and um, do things to get better uh, when uh, when they get in this league. So I, I I love it. I'm I'm happy to wake up in the morning, open my eyes, say my prayers, read my daily word, and get to work and be ready to motivate and be ready to um, you know lead by
1: example. You are an assistant coach on the Mavericks team uh, that won an NBA Finals in 2011 playing against the Miami Heat. uh, Their first going round is the Big Three. How difficult, from the coach's perspective, is it to uh, try to cover LeBron James?
2: Um, You know, back when I played, it wouldn't have been difficult. I mean, he's still a great player. I mean, he's still going to score. You know, great players still learn and find ways how to score in this league, no matter, you know, how you've been guarded, um, how you've been played, you still find ways to score good players as well. So for me, um, I'll never forget, uh, we was getting blown out on a Sunday. Uh, and I was with Dallas and Avery put me in the game about seven, eight minutes ago in the game. And, um, and uh, when as I'm walking in, um, I'm yelling out, "Who you want me to guard? Who you want me to take?" He said, He's "You take LeBron." <laughs> <laughs> I say, "All right, I got him." Man, he, he scored three points against me. Um, he scored on a three-point fadeaway three out of bounds. But other than that, that was my challenge. Uh, that that that's what I was wanting to do. Anybody, you know, I I wanted to guard. Uh, Avery knew I could guard, so. You know, it didn't matter who he who he who he put me on, he knew that I would I would still take on that challenge. But I mean oh I'm sorry, but and then just you know, and to reckon to LeBron, I mean you just gotta you gotta keep your body in front of him. Um you, you you have to for me if I was if I was a coach, um, and I had to play against LeBron, I would tell all our guys and I, I truly believe in this we we pick pick up full court. Pick LeBron up full court. You got to have guys who who's going to sacrifice those. Um it was amazing that what did who, who did you see picking him up full court for the Warriors? Well, it was Kevin Durant. He was guarding cool. you know, he was guarding full court. That bothers guys. That bothers mm-hmm. superstars. And and it was funny, Scoop, who who picked up Kevin Durant in game 4? Boy. Well, it Yeah.
1: Huh?
2: It uh it was um uh Richard Jefferson. Right. You know what? They 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 play the game with each other, which it bothers them, and it bothers Kevin Durant. But you got to do guys like that because when you got great scores, you let them get down and get into the offense and just walk right into it, and they still got sixteen, seventeen seconds on the shot clock. Well, hell, with a Golden space. They only need 10 seconds on the shot clock to get a good shot. Yeah. But, you know, I would have done it to Golden State as well. You've got to make guys do things that they don't want to do. So what you do to LeBron is you get you get guys who can guard them. You get guys who can pick them up full court and just make them work. Not trying to steal a ball, but keeping your body in front of guys because you want to work down that clock. You don't want teams to get in their offense with 18 seconds on the shot clock. Now they can get three or four or five options. You want you want to get teams under thirteen seconds to get into their offense and maybe they only got one or two options. You know, so you you, you try to use that to your advantage. And that was big, you know, in, in scoop what was crazy was in two thousand eleven that one was big for us. Who picked up full court for us against uh LeBron James was Jason Kidd. And mm-hmm. But it was the sacrifice and it was the will of Jay Kidd to say we're going to slow you down like this. Uh, yeah. so, so that's what you have to do to guys like that. You just can't let them walk into the offense. If you let them walk into the offense, especially with the rules today, it's basically you, you can't guard with hand check and hand You touching guys. So if guys getting good looks and getting free range,
1: you, you, you're in
2: trouble. You, you're in trouble, especially with a Steph Curry coming off of any kind of screen.
1: Mm-hmm. Last question. You played with Penny. You play with tree, you play with T Mac. Uh, looking in your crystal ball, who was better? Ooh, Scoop! That was a pretty good last question, Scoop. <laughs> Damn, I, I can't you believe talk. you say this one for last. I, I listen, man. I wanted to think, make it. Mickey, pick at the end. Who was better, Mac or, or uh, Penny?
2: Ooh, Scoop. Let, let me think about that, Scoot. This is that both of them, both of them could play defense. Both of them could score. Um, definitely Penny was the better passer because Penny was a point guard.
1: Sure.
2: Um, but Matt could still pass the ball as well. But oh, I don't. I, you know that's hard to say, Scoop, because both of them mm, they, they they did it in their own way and their own style. Only thing I say Penny was, was, was better than T Mac in was passing the basketball. Hmm. Like I say they both they both could shoot the basketball. Uh, they both could score the basketball. That's that's a tough one to say. Um, you know, uh, you know, Penny Penny went deeper in playoffs than T Mac has ever been, besides being with T Mac was with the Spurs but he wasn't really he didn't play. But when he played, uh you know Penny and him when he played in the play, I Well, Penny did get to, you know, the championship and lost him the championship as a starter. So, I mean, it, it's hard to say. But right now, you know, it, it, it's in his it edge. Uh, the edge
1: I give Penny over Team is that he he was just a better passer than he was. I'll take that and raise you this: if, in today's NBA, if you're a head coach, I know you're fighting. You don't you don't care about being a head coach. But if you were a head coach in the NBA. If you were starting an NBA team today, would you start a team with Penny Hardaway or Tracy McGrady?
2: Damn, Scoop, once again, you're giving me another one. <laughs>
1: These
2: last two questions, Scoop, has been very tough. Um, uh, i say I... I you just, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Because Penny, Penny played a one, she right. played a two. So that's why I say it's, it's so different. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'll probably take Penny. Okay. Because of the reason I say I take Penny is because Penny will be able to. Run the offense as a point guard knows how to play the point, but also you can just knock him over to the two guard or the three right. guard. Um, T Mac wasn't a point guard. T Mac never ran the point guard, so T Mac was more the two, three um, player. So I mean, I would, I would, I would probably have to say Penny because I can, I have a bigger point guard that would would, would cause problem at the point guard position because now you gotta match up different.
1: A lot. I did have one more question and it's an easy question. <laughs> okay. That's good. It's an, e- it's an easy, easy, easy question. You've been you've been the best thing since sliced bread. Well what was the best thing before sliced bread?
2: Oh man, Jesus. Always God. I like that. Always.
1: I like that. Enough said brother. You off the hot seat?
2: Off the hot seat, thanks, Scoop. The, <laughs> the last two questions was the hot seat, Scoop.
1: Those were the last two questions. I took it back to that ESPN show, the hot seat. Remember when they would ask the guys the questions? Yeah. Would you?
2: Yeah, I remember that. I remember I that one. I was taking it back. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you,
1: man. Thank you, my brother. You're I listening you. to Scoop B it. Love I love it. Love it, it. Love it. Love it.